Good morning. Did anyone else get a hunger for pancakes from the first reading with the description of hearth cakes? I did a little bit, but as we are continuing our journey as a church through John 6, through this great Eucharistic discourse of our Lord, Christ today is packing three lessons into today's section of his discourse. The first lesson is that of the mystery of faith and that no one can believe in him unless he is drawn by the Father. Our faith in Jesus Christ supplies us with life's only dependable fuel source. And yet, at the same time, faith in Christ is God's very gift to us. No one can conjure it up on their own. No one can make it in a lab. When we look at the small white host, there's no scientific test that can prove that Jesus Christ is truly present there, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and yet we know that he is. We have been given the gift of faith. This is why the priest says after the consecration at each mass, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. The second lesson Christ is teaching us is that faith in him leads to eternal life. Later in the gospel, Jesus tells us that eternal life consists in knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ whom God has sent. That's from John 17, 3. In the biblical languages, knowing implies a deep interpersonal intimacy. It's the same way as you can know of someone as opposed to knowing someone. If I know of someone, I know of the president, but I don't know him. I don't have that relationship with him. But the knowing that is being described here is that deep interpersonal relationship in the way that a husband knows his wife, that a parent knows their children. This is the kind of relationship we all yearn for, that we can have a relationship like, with, like that with God himself, who is more lovable, more beautiful than any other person is or can be. And this is the good news that Jesus Christ is bringing us, that God hasn't kept his distance from us sinners. He wants to know us and he wants to share his life with us. And the third and final lesson is that Jesus himself is the bread of eternal life, that he is the source and sustenance for us. Without bread, without food, physical life perishes. Without Jesus, without his flesh for the life of the world. In the Eucharist, our life of intimate communion with God will perish. It's really that simple. It's really that crucial that we need him. And he emphasizes this so much that 11 times in this discourse, Jesus, in speaking of himself, he refers to himself as the bread of life 11 times. He's trying to really get that point across. And he's really hoping that we get the message of the great gift he's trying to offer us. It is the gift of faith which gives us access to that eternal life and is the Eucharist which makes that life grow within us. We accept and believe this on faith, but it is not a blind faith, no. God supports our faith in many ways. He knows that the culture of this fallen world is constantly trying to erode our faith, to wash it away. And so in his wisdom and according to his great providence, he sends us miracles sometimes dramatic, to give our tired faith 
a boost of faith. And the history of the church is full of Eucharistic miracles. Recorded miracles include hosts that have survived fires, hosts that started to bleed during the mass, hosts that lost the appearance of bread and transformed into flesh. And not just any flesh, that of cardiac flesh, flesh from the heart, that he is giving himself, his very heart to us in his flesh and that of the Eucharist that our Lord gives of that most precious portion of himself. But some of the most remarkable signs God has given us regarding the Eucharist has to do with Holy Communion. Through the centuries, there have been many saints, both men and women, who have lived for entire periods of their lives just on the Eucharist. They took no food or drink, but only received Holy Communion every day. St. Catherine of Siena was one of these, and so was Blessed Alexandria de Costa from Portugal. But one of the most amazing cases was St. Nicholas of Flew, who lived in Switzerland during the 1400s. He lived as a hermit and for 19 years during that time ate or drank absolutely nothing except Holy Communion. And even when he tried to eat normal food, he simply couldn't keep it down. Our Lord himself explained to Blessed Alexandria why he gives this grace to some of his saints. He says, you are living by the Eucharist alone because I want to prove to the world the power of the Eucharist and the power of my life and souls. Christ is the fullness of life and the meaning that we all hunger for. And the Eucharist is Christ's very real presence. This is what our faith teaches us. Our faith is connected to the Eucharist because it reveals Christ's very presence to us. But it also connected in another way. Physical food nourishes our body simply by the act of eating. Once we take it in, our digestive processes take over. As soon as we swallow our food, we don't have to think about it. Our attitude doesn't help or hinder the intake of food for the nourishment. But it is not so with the spiritual food of the Eucharist. If we receive the Eucharist simply out of routine or in a distracted frame of mind, then we will not receive all the graces that God wants to give us because we receive grace based on the mode of the receiver. How open is our heart? How open are our minds? How deep is our faith? The graces are given, but will they be activated? Will they be fully received and come to their full potential as Christ is desiring them in our lives? But if on the other hand, we receive the Eucharist with the right dispositions, God's grace will have more room to act, strengthening our souls and making our spirits grow in faith. A lively, a profound faith, a solid faith. This is all part of this right disposition. And as we pray before the tabernacle, for example, or as we come forward to receive Holy Communion, we should activate our faith and consciously stir it up to bring it to the top of our minds. We should focus our attention as completely as possible on Jesus Christ, the living bread who has come down from heaven to be our spiritual food. And then immediately after receiving Holy Communion, we should enter into a conversation with him in our hearts, a time of thanksgiving, a time of prayer, of intense prayer, of asking him, Lord, you have united yourself to me. 
allow me to unite myself more fully to you. This is why the church invites us to have some time of silence after receiving communion so that we can activate our faith and begin the process of spiritually digesting the living bread. And if this is hard, there is no need to be afraid. Remember, it is the Father who draws us to his Son. It is God who gives us the gift of faith. So if we need a faith boost, all we have to do is ask for it, saying humbly and confidently, Lord, increase my faith so that your grace can bear more fruit in my life. Amen.